Welcome, everybody. It's time once again for you to jump in the water, swim out with your board, and see if you can pick up that sales pipeline that's just starting to curl over the horizon there with your host, Matt Hines. Hey, Matt. How you doing, Paul? I love these surfer images. I don't know if they mean anything to anybody but me, but I love these surfer <laughs> images. <laughs> I like the fact that, you know, from the very beginning, and, we, it's, and, and honestly, I, I have to look at the calendar, but we're coming up on about two years of doing oh, this together. Goodness. I love Sales it. Pipeline Radio. I love uh, it. I had I didn't have hair then I don't have hair now so, so <laughs> but um, I appreciate it it's it's been amazing I mean it, we were reflecting on this the other day just you know I kind of decided to do this program on a whim uh, a couple years ago I've always thought it'd be kind of fun and just kind of gave it a shot and yeah. I've been I've been shocked at, at sho- uh, pleasantly surprised at how many people uh, are listening to this uh, both live uh, hello Kelly who's who's definitely from Gartner listening live uh, as well as everyone who's with us uh, on the podcast every week so uh, thanks for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio we. We are here live every eleven every Thursday at eleven thirty Pacific, two thirty Eastern. You can also find us on the can also find us on the uh, podcast on Google Play and the iTunes Store. Uh, you can find us there uh, and also salespipelineradio.com. All our past episodes. We regularly are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B two B sales pipeline. Uh, sales and sales and marketing, and today is no different. I'm super excited to have with us Maureen Ezekugo. Now, Maureen and I go way back. We both worked at a startup together, um, doing a lot of work. She started her career uh, in sales, just carrying a bag, and she has moved her way up from uh, sales management, sales leadership, and now into broader company leadership. We're going to talk today about what it takes uh, to grow your career in sales and what it takes to sort of continue to to grow outside of sales as well. Maureen, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So give people a quick overview of sort of your career arc, because you've, you've done a lot of really interesting things for some really interesting companies. Where did you get started in sales, and how did that get you where you are today? Yeah, interesting things for interesting companies is a great way to put it. Um, I started in sales a long time ago, um, more years than I care to remember, during a summer job selling Kirby vacuums, if you can believe that. And that was sort of like a boot camp for sales training, and I did that for a little while, and it was really great because I got to learn a lot of the fundamentals about how sales is not just, you know, about skills and what you're saying, but it also has to do a lot about the commitment and the attitude you approach it with. Um, From there, fast forward through like 10 years, I worked with my husband, helping him run his business, worked as a general manager, and at some point we decided... The business wasn't working out, and we shut it down and literally had to start our careers over. So I started with a startup um, called House Values. That's where uh, Matt and I first met. And I found myself in an individual sales contributor role um, and did pretty good at it. And within a year, I was handpicked out of the blue by the founder of the company to lead and manage their sales team. And for a long time, I kind of wondered, like, I wonder why they picked me to do that. It was, it's very rare to have somebody come to you and say, hey, we, we've been watching and we see you and we want you to lead this team. Um, but it really was based on the leadership that I was showing, um, not just to the managers, but to the rest of the group as an individual contributor. So over the years, I worked with them and moved into a director role, um, helped that team grow to hundreds of people. The company went public and it was really cool experience to be a part of. And from there, I was able to develop my career into an executive role um, that I'm at now, VP of Sales with Real Self. And I oversee that team um, to help drive the revenue through the business and really nurture and scale 
how that team grows. And it's been really gratifying, not just to be a part of another growing business, but to to actually see how my career path has played out. It's very impressive. I love that story. I think it's, you know, it's, it, anytime I hear a story from someone that what, didn't necessarily follow the path they thought they were going to follow, but are, you know, feel fortunate where they are, I think it that resonates with a lot of people. Uh, you know, I have a journalism degree. I was a reporter for a suburban Seattle newspaper when I started. Uh, certainly did not think I'd be running my own marketing consulting business. So you never know where that, that path is going to lead you. I mean, you've been at Real Self now for about seven years. And, you know, I know you're, you're, you're still responsible for you know, sales output from the team, but you've been managing uh, more than just sales. Talk a little bit about what that path looked like. I mean, in the last couple jobs you've been in, you've run sales and operations. Um, is that was that an intentional path? Was that something that you were sort of asked to take on? Uh, what did that look like? Yeah, um, a long time ago, I had one of my managers try to put me into operations because I tend to be um, operationally focused, and I said I'm, I'm not operations. But come to find out, I really am. <laughs> focused on operations a lot, so that is one of my strengths that I've been leveraging at RealSell. What I have learned, though, as I've been a part of this company that's growing is that being in an executive role, like moving from director to executive, is really um, a big shift, a much bigger shift than moving from, like, individual contributor to sales manager. That's a big shift, too, but this, especially because you move from, like, being worried about what's going on day-to-day operations to all of a sudden thinking about things like how how can I help connect the dots between what's happening on my team to the activities and the vision of the entire company. And getting alignment cross-functionally tends to be something that I've had to work on personally with where it's not just about what's going on in my team, but what's going on with the company. So you spend a lot of time thinking about, like, how do you maintain your network of influencers and not just how do you influence your team? Absolutely. We're talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Maureen Izakugo. She's the EVP of Doctor Community at Real Self. And, you know, we started working together, God, I think, it was, I mean, literally like 16 years ago. It's, uh, it's a long time. And, you know, you were, at the time when I joined uh, House Values, you were managing a high-performance, super successful sales team. What's the difference in the past 16 years of what makes for a successful sales rep? Like if someone was starting in their career today and was interested in sort of pursuing their own path to, you know, success uh, in sales and management, just in, in business, what are you looking for now in sales reps at the beginning of their career that might've been different than 16 years ago? That's a great question. I think that a lot of people like my, my mother included think about sales as this boiler room environment where, and sales really has become part of how do you facilitate the buying process and how do you challenge your customers to think out of the box so that they can think differently about their business and how does your product fit into that. So we've, um, at least I have shifted from looking for people who can just be aggressive and who can close to people who can um who can change paradigms and who can challenge people to think about their business differently. And so with that, it's not just that I look for managers who can train and coach. I look for salespeople who can train and coach their customers. 
Now those some of those skills aren't mutually exclusive though. I think you know the, there's the ability to sell and close. There's the ability to sort of ask good questions and take that challenger approach and even be you know, a little empathetic uh, with prospects. You know throughout the process. You know I occasionally hear people say, "Oh, you got to stop selling and start helping," or "Start stop selling and start leading." Mm-hmm. I feel like you can do both. Um, is there a time and place for one or the other, and what what's the right balance uh, today with those skills? Uh, yes, I. I think it depends on the product and the sales cycle that you're in. Uh, I think that the, the the science and the art of sales comes in knowing when you move a relationship from helping to selling. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you are helping your customer and you believe in your product that your product is helping the customer, then eventually there's going to be buying signals that will shift that conversation to let's take action on the next level. So you're absolutely right. You do need both to be a closer, for lack of a better word, and you need to be a coach, and you need to have the listening skills and the instinct to know when to flip that switch. Yeah, and I think some of that, I mean, some of that can be trained. Some of that you really do just sort of get it, you know, by by at-bats, watching other people that are doing it really well. Um, you know, others, other traits and skills you see in people that are that are successful that you think are management material uh, among the front lines, uh, you know, what are some of those other traits that you look for on your team for people that are that are promotion material? I've promoted a lot of people into management. I really believe in, in promoting from within uh, because, I think that people like managers that have been there and done that. With that being said, not all top producers are good management material. So I do look for people who um, have shown a propensity to enjoy training, not just that they can do training, but they actually like helping other people learn. And, you know, they kind of like seeing, they, they, they take a little thrill of cloning themselves and others. Um, but with that, they also have to be able to hold people accountable. So um, you tend to see through individual contributors those who care about how other people are performing as well. And mm-hmm. um, when people come to them for help, they're not just giving them uh, soft advice, but they're actually holding up the mirror and saying, these are the things that, that, that will help you. Um, so, that, so that's part of it. And then also I look for people who are a little bit geared towards numbers, like um, that's Something I've had trouble with some of the people I've promoted in the past is that they really like sales, but they hate data. <laughs> and you really can't be a sales manager these days without understanding what a spreadsheet's about. So um, that's also something that I look at is do they have a little bit of an analytical part to them? So many different skills you got to have. I mean, as you move up the food chain, you know, they Sometimes I feel like we're looking for unicorns, you know, people that are good with the data, good with the metrics, uh, good with planning, but also really good at coaching. And sometimes sales coaching isn't just the how to close the deal. I mean, it's quantitative and qualitative all together. When you think about, like, how how your managers spend their time and what was the best use of your time when you were managing, I, I continue to hear... You know, for most managers, they say they, they want more time to be able to coach. They want more time to be able to spend with their reps, coaching, helping make them better. But they find that they spend too much time in meetings, too much time behind that spreadsheet, and not enough time with the reps to give them as much time as they have, as they need. Where's, what's your take on that, on that, that balance? And, and if you believe that that's important, how do you give, you know, managers more time and bandwidth to do that coaching? Depends what level of management you're at. Most people start in some type of either selling, role or player coach role and that's usually something that has a title like team lead or team captain something to that effect 
those people, I always recommend that every time they're on the phone or dealing with a customer, that that's a learning opportunity and you can double up and have somebody listen to you and learn at the same time. And so they're going to be the best role models, hopefully, for their sales process, and they should always have somebody who's listening or leveraging their own experiences as they get results to teach others. As you move up the food chain, it does get more challenging to know, like, how much of your role is done on the management side and housekeeping and leading versus training. And sometimes you do have to delegate that out, but I would say um, it really depends on what your goals are and what you're measured on success. So I don't think there's there's any one answer for it, but I always say align your activities with what you're being measured on. We have to take a quick break, uh, pay some bills. We'll be back after the break with more from Maureen Izakugo, the EVP of a Doctor Community for Real Self. We're going to talk more about sales coaching, more about uh, how to position yourself as a sales professional for the next opportunity. And for listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. How are successful B2B practitioners using ABM to drive more reliable revenue for their business? How are these modern marketers adopting new tactics, overcoming obstacles, and achieving their goals? Read the new research report from Flip My Funnel and Heinz Marketing on the 2018 State of Account-Based Marketing and discover what's changed, what stayed the same, and where ABM is heading in the future. Visit HeinzMarketing.com's resource section. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com and the resource tab for your free copy today. All right, let's pick things back up with Matt and his guest. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks again for everyone for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio today. If you like what you're hearing from Maureen with the sales advice, you want to share this with some of your colleagues, some of your peers, your friends at other companies, you can find us at salespipelineradio.com. Every episode, past, present, and future available there. Coming up in the next few weeks, we got a lot of more great guests. Next week, our first episode of November, first post-Halloween guest, is Jeremy Kors. He's the CMO of Avalara. Avalara sells sales tax software. Maybe not the sexiest thing in the world, but they've been growing like crazy. We're going to talk about how you market something that may not be the most exciting product in the world, uh, and they've got some great stories around that. Some other great guests coming up, sharing lots more advice on sales and marketing uh, best practices. But more today with Maureen Ezekugo. She's the EVP of Dr. Community for Real Self, talking about sales management and uh, talking about her career and path to where she is today. And, you know, curious, you know, for people that, you know, it's one thing for you as a leader to look for the next sales manager and the next candidates for sales managers. It's another thing for reps uh, who are, you know, getting some success and some experience to position themselves for the next opportunity, um, you know, without sort of you know grandstanding and sort of doing too much self-promotion. What are the best ways for reps to position themselves for the next advancement in their sales career? I think a lot of people would recommend here is to say find a mentor, find someone who's achieved the level of success you want to receive, and then um, ask them if they can mentor you. Um, I would take that one step further and say that it's really important that if you do that, to own your mentorship relationship, um, tell them what your goals are for growth, and ask them how can you leverage your strengths and know where you have opportunities to grow. Um, because it's really important that you have an active part in that mentorship and don't expect a mentor to just come and tell you, here's how you're going to be a manager, because they have to learn about what you want to know as well. Um, I also would say um, it's important to understand your current manager's 
pains and challenges that they're having because it's usually not just about sales numbers or about motivating people to sell, which is what the two things people typically associate with sales management. There's usually something else that they are also focused on, and there might be some opportunities for you to connect with your manager and reveal that you can help them with these in other ways or look for ways to contribute to the overall team morale and goals. So I would say connect with your manager. Um, I have people on my team who regularly will set a lunch up with me or a meeting, a one-on-one, just to chat about things like that, where um, what are some things that, that they can do to help move the business along, not just move numbers along. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, lastly, focus on where you are. Like um, some people get really consumed by I need to move to the next level that they forget to do their current roles well. So really work hard at what you're doing now and be someone at the, on the team that people can look to. Usually um, people who become leaders of a group were already leaders without the leadership title. So I would look for opportunities to do that. Yeah, I wanted to follow up on that. I mean, thinking about not only things you can do to prove to your boss that you're worth promoting, but also things you can do to help your peers. Um, you know, the, your ability to practice leadership and practice helping other people when that's not necessarily part of your job description, but certainly is is for the good of the company as well as good practice for you. What are some ways that reps can do that? Is that something that has to be facilitated by sales management? Is it best facilitated by sales management and sort of a peer uh, uh, training effort? I know you, you've done a lot of this, um, you know, both at House Values, Market Leader, and at RealSelf, especially related to onboarding of new reps. What's the best way to facilitate that from a manager, as well as if you're a sales rep listening to, to get more actively involved there? You can align with your manager. That's always helpful because if the manager is part of the process, then they obviously will see the the positive things that are coming from that. But even without a manager knowing that you're doing it, there are opportunities where you can position yourself in a way with your with your teammates that you are somebody that they can come to 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 get help and best practices. And part of one way to do this is when you make a sale. Um, talk about it. Talk about how you knew when it was time to shift that relationship from teaching to selling. Talk about the steps you took and why you took them. The why is super important because a lot of people um, who are top performers don't really, they aren't really able to explain how did I get here and Mm -hmm. how did I make that happen. They're just like, yeah, I'm the best. I did it. (laughs) You should do it too. But if you can explain why, that's when people will start coming to you and trying to get more out of you. So I really say, like, look to the whys of what you're doing. Share those as best practices. And that will surface up to the manager at some point or another. People will be saying, yeah, I heard that so-and-so told me um, this, and it really helped. Such good advice today from our guest, Maureen Ezekugo. We just got a few more minutes with Maureen. A couple other questions I want to ask you. One, you know, I know that sometimes, you know, people look to their best reps as, uh, you know, promotion candidates. And just because you're the best rep doesn't mean that you're going to be the best manager. But I'm curious about the opposite. You know, in baseball, oftentimes you'll see great managers that weren't necessarily the best players. Um, is it possible for some to be, someone to not be a proven sales rep at a, you know, carry a bag level and actually be a good manager or do those things need to be correlated? They are not always correlated. So great salespeople are a huge asset to the company and that, you know, the reason why top salespeople often out earn even management. So it's not a bad position to be in and not everybody will be cut out for, for management because 
they don't want to deal with people. They want to make sales. On the flip side, there will be people who um, I would say are mediocre producers who are fantastic managers. Hmm. And, again, it really comes down to what drives them and gets them up in the morning. Um, are they driven by helping others become better? Can they explain why things are done and be able to break down the process of getting a sale? Um, those are things that sometimes people who are mid-level producers do a really great job and better than top producers. Well, let's also talk about as you're a manager, not just looking for the right, you know, candidates to be future management, but also looking for candidates that can be good sales reps. Um, you know, past sales experience doesn't necessarily equate to, you know, sales success of your company. And I've seen in many cases, I remember people that we hired at back in the old house values days that didn't have sales experience, but had attributes. They had certain things in their background that led us to believe that they were going to have the characteristics to be good in sales. What are, what are some things you might look for, might recommend managers look for in non-sales candidates to play uh, a sales role in their company? Uh, managing people, I would say, is a huge trait that, that sometimes you cannot teach people, but you can bring people in who, who don't necessarily know the sales, but they understand people and how to motivate people and how to get things done for others. Uh, so managing people might be a trait that, that would transfer over if you didn't have the sales experience. Um, I also think it depends on what part of sales you want to go into. So, like, we just hired somebody at Real Self who has never done sales themselves. You don't necessarily need sales experience to be a great sales manager, but it does depend on what part of sales managing, management you want to be in. So I was talking about um, a person we just hired at Real Self who has no sales experience, but he's in charge of optimizing our operations and our pipeline management. And through his analytical and data-driven thinking, he's able to do that that job greatly. Um, in most part, um, managing people is a trait that you're going to need. Patience and understanding that um, sales is a simple successful job and how to manage people through that is super important. We always ask us of our guests if there was a Mount Rushmore of sales. If there if we if you could put two to four people up on a Mount Rushmore sales, I mean those that you've learned the most from, these don't have to be famous salespeople, these don't have to be sales authors, but people that have had the most influence on you uh, as a sales professional, as a sales manager, uh, who would be on that Mount Rushmore? Wow. Um I definitely think the authors of the Challenger sales should be up there. We we use that book as a reference all the time, and I think it's changing the way we sell. So um, Matt Dixon and, and Brent Adamson, I would put them up there. Longtime sales leaders, I would say Dale Carnegie, and talking about how to be a more effective communicator would be up there. And then um, maybe just for just for kicks, Ron Popeil, the guy who's <laughs> doing commercials. I, I love it. I learned a lot about sales and some of what not to do from him, but um, he's probably one of the best salespeople that people know. Tell you what, man, you can learn a lot about good sales and marketing from late night television. You don't have to, you don't have to always emulate some of the, uh, the schwarminess, but there are some great proven strategies in what you see there. I really want to thank our guests for being so uh, generous with their time. Maureen Ezekugo, the EVP of Docker Community for Real Self. Lots of uh, just really great sage advice on managing people, managing people in general, quite honestly, not just sales reps. 
Join us next time on Sales Pipeline Radio. We are here every week at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. If you want to catch us on our podcast, thanks very much for joining us there. Get us on Google Play and the iTunes Store. You can get all of our episodes on demand at salespipelineradio.com. We'll see you here next week. For my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us again on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been riding along on the sales pipeline with your host, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing, right here on the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.